In every generation, there are the chosen ones, the fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are continuous play. Oh, come on. Stake through the heart, a little sunlight. It's like falling off a log. Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Don't make fun. I work long and hard to get this promise. And Jay Newcastle. Just because this is never going to work, there's no need to be negative. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 15, I Was Made to Love You. Written by Jane Espenson. Really? Marty getting right this? Oh, well. <laughs> One night at the bronze, a girl named April shows up looking for a boy named Warren. Spike hits on her and, offended, she throws him through the front window. <laughs> natural response (laughs) (laughs) the gang quickly figures out april is of course a robot buffy finds the aforementioned warren and he admits that he built april but then found a real girl that he liked and left april without telling her they find april who can't process or understand why warren doesn't love her warren gets in a panic and lies to april telling her that he doesn't love her because he loves buffy april and buffy fight but april's batteries soon run down against the slayer april can't understand what she did wrong as she was the perfect girl Girlfriend. Buffy tells April she doesn't need a man to be complete. Thinking about this later, breaks off a date she had made with Ben. Spike finds Warren and demands he builds a robot of Buffy for him. And in a final scene, Buffy comes home and finds Joyce on the couch and not moving. And that is yeah. our episode summary for season five, episode 15, Brian. So. A, a kind of a lighter touch episode, uh, very much so, I would say, continuing with that theme of obsession and you know relationships, but definitely takes a very serious turn in the last quarter of it, and particularly those last thirty seconds. It does, and and I think it. What's interesting, I mean, this this episode is all about relationships and things like that. But what's interesting, uh, a side note to this is that the last, what is it, maybe minute and a half of the episode, were not in the original script. Joss added that at the end without telling anybody, uh, because he wanted you know nobody to be worried about that until it was ready to shoot. So I thought that was an interesting little aside there. And yeah, Marty Noxon didn't write this really. (laughs) I really, this, this has Marty feel, but you know what? Marty light is Jane Espens. And I like Jane's episodes too, but she does some of the same stuff Marty will do. So except with all the, without all the rampant sex, but you know, that's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, okay. right. <laughs> well, the, you, you, you've hit it. The, the whole crux of this is relationships. And it's really this idea of needing someone else to feel complete. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you know, the Jerry yes. Maguire, right? You complete me, you know? And I, what about that? I mean, what do you think of that idea there and the way that they choose to explore it here? 
Well, I like it because it's basically saying that um, sometimes you just don't need to have someone else there to be complete, right? You may think that you do, and you may choose to you know, live your life like you do, but then in the end, you may realize that you don't have to have that to be happy. You can be yourself, be by yourself and be happy and just wait for the right time. And I think that's the whole uh, point of this episode is, you know, you can do everything you can to try and find the perfect person, but maybe even that perfect person isn't the right one for you. That's a good point, Brian. And that's the struggle of the late uh, teens, adolescents into early adulthood, right? And, and particularly for Buffy, who's had some really impassioned relationships, this idea mm-hmm. of needing someone to be complete. And I, I love that they've decided we need to tell, get Buffy to come to that realization without ever putting her through another relationship. We're going to let yeah. somebody else be the, that we don't even know, be the avatar for that while mm-hmm. she comes to that realization. And for that, I, I you know make joke all jokes aside. Jane Espenson does a fabulous job of balancing that together. That's not an easy thing to do mm-hmm. when you're trying to tell part of your character's story without having the character actually be a part of it. You know? Yeah, I agree. I thought she did a, a pretty good a pretty good job here. Now let's get into some of the meat of this episode. First and foremost, uh, this is the second episode I. Th- think now in a row where Ben just happens to be where the gang is. What is he yep. doing out and about? I mean, shouldn't he be at the hospital working or being glory and, you know, trying to find the key? Well, see, that there's playing with us with that, right? Because we expect him to just pop into glory when he gets too near the key again, right? I mean, that's the whole point. I don't you, know. You think, right? I, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I, I like, though, because you know what that adds, Brian? An element of tension. You know, yeah. that puts a different thing in the air when he's around, particularly when no one suspects mm-hmm. him. No one thinks that there's anything weird about that. Which is really sad because someone already knows who he is and she's not telling anybody else. Yeah. And that's what's the, up with that? <laughs> I don't I mean, why know. Hasn't, maybe, why hasn't Don confided in Buffy that Ben is also Glory? Or why well, hasn't she at least told Buffy, what happened? Well, she she did say that Ben was here and then Glory showed up just out of nowhere. Yes. I think, I honestly, I don't think Dawn could process it. I don't think she uh. understood what she saw, and she didn't know how to describe it. And plus, the whole point of what was happening there to Dawn was that was a real personal breakdown moment for her. She's not worried about what anybody else is doing. She's more worried about the fact that do am I real or not? You know, so I totally get it. It is that it's so important. Like we all know it's really him, but the characters don't. And that's what builds tension for an audience is when you know Norman Bates is the killer in mm-hmm. Psycho 2 or 3 or whatever, but you're, you, nobody else seems to be able to figure it out. That's a bad yeah. example. But, but when you know something, when the, as the audience knows things that the characters don't know yet, that can play one of two ways. Either that these people are really stupid and this is boring, or that, oh, wow, they don't know the danger they're in yet. And that's the cool part of it. I, I liked it. I liked that they just sort of sprinkled him in there. And, hey, 
he and Buffy decided to meet for coffee, and all I could yeah. think was like that could have gone so badly. I mean, oh yeah, what? wow. I agree. Now, a, a funny thing, I I ended up uh, watching this episode twice, once uh, normal and once with the director commentary on. One of the funny things that the director, uh, or not director commentary, Jane Espenson's commentary on it, mm-hmm. and one of the funny things she mentioned was during that scene where where Buffy kind of uh, you know nonchalantly plays like she didn't know Ben was there, <laughs> and he has to go you know put something in the trash she says it's the longest trash run in the history of trash runs because he's gone <laughs> for a long period of time uh and, and before she finally comes back or he finally comes back and she said that originally she wrote it and, uh, with him explaining it but it ended up getting cut so there was an actual reason for him being on that lawn you know, they just never let it out so she thought it was always funny and i thought that's a that too that he can go put something in the trash and of course they could have explained it real easy like he was trying to decide whether or not he should give buffy the phone number i mean that that seemed like an obvious choice to me but uh i think it's funny that the commentary from the writer was that Uh, it was a little bit of a hilarious thing but yeah anyway that's a little off the beaten track but but yeah ben comes back and and buffy offers to him to dance with her and he basically comes out and says i got my number here for you just in case you know you wanted to go get coffee and you know go on a date type thing and i thought that was i was just like wow you know she's gonna go for this we're gonna have these two in some sort of relationship that's gonna go completely bad yeah or, or i didn't even think it was gonna be a relationship i'm like they're gonna go out they have some mutual attraction and cuteness with each other or whatever she's gonna lean over to kiss him and just like when she kissed angela and he turned into a vampire boom there's glory like i really yeah. thought they were gonna yeah. do that with us and i'll tell you i i think i would have gone for that even though i know that's not what happens I, that that would have worked but j- yeah. see brian just thinking about that because i've been a long time fan of this show and having watched it up to this point you know i'm in the fifth season of it just working it out in my own head see i can terrify myself more than they're even willing to do and that's what makes something like this work is when there's those kind of stakes right i mean that that's what we're thinking because we know this show and that's yeah. what they do on this show <laughs> you know you don't get a free pass ever yeah, no, show. absolutely. Let's talk about April, because uh, while this episode is centered around April, who is a robot, um, our first interaction really with her is is interesting. We we see Anya and, and Tara walking down the street talking about technology, uh, the web and, and online trading and things like that. Yeah, but did you... It's in- did- did you get a sense that Anya was taking a class at Sunnydale U or Cal Sunnydale or whatever? And that, I did that, not, that, no. I kind of got the I, sense that she had signed up for like a computer class or something and that Tara happened to be in there too. And she's like, don't worry, I didn't get it either. No, no, I don't think so. I think Anya actually knows all the stuff. She's taking hmm. the time because she doesn't go to school. So she's taking the time to get in the now. I mean, she's huh. thousand some years old, right? So she's been yeah. around a long time and now she's stuck being a human being so she might as well uh, i don't think, integrate. I, don't think she, I don't even think she looks at it as stuck anymore she's happy as a clam you know well so, well yeah i mean she's in a good yeah. place she's got a good relationship she's got friends who accept her for all her quirkiness and, and she's got like, a I job agree. that she but, enjoys so yeah, yeah but she, but she's i think she totally knows everything about it and she's trying to get t- tara to you know delve into the world of of the internet and everything that's out there and she's explaining to it. But I think it's kind of funny to see Anya and Tara together because I don't think we really see them together very often without anyone else. Yeah, you're right. We don't. And what's funny is them talking about the internet in 2001. 
you know, <laughs> I well, built this great website for the yeah. magic shop. And I'm like, I bet that thing, I know exactly what it looked like. <laughs> it's a GeoCities site. <laughs> exactly. You can probably go find it. So, but yeah. I, I mean, that's what I thought, too. I was like, wow, I bet the, I bet the computer that ran that site took a while to load, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's but, a different it's time, funny. but they were doing online training, so that's yes, good. this is true. What, what's funny to me is that there's, you know, we can laugh about it now. Anytime they try to reference technology, I think it's the downfall of any show in the last twenty years. That's the thing that dates the show more than anything. Oh, yeah. is the tech absolutely? Is, oh God, I can't. And they don't do a lot of it, thank goodness. But it is funny to kind of think about now. But I don't know. Yeah. I I don't it, taking a class, not taking class, whatever. The the point is, is that we don't see them together much, but. I I kind of like the pairing. It is different, but it's yeah. all there to introduce this girl who comes out of nowhere. Perky, cute, brunette. Have you seen Warren? I am looking for Warren. And like, I didn't know she was a robot, you know, until they laid that on me later at the first time seeing it. Yeah. But you watch her now and I'm like, this girl, the actress is like, she knows she's supposed to be a robot and she's playing it for such. Yeah, she did an amazing job, and I liked it a lot. And I thought it was it was a good little interaction between the two. And of course, she they say they don't know Warren, and so she moves on and goes to the next guy on the bench, and blah blah. blah. But I like when they, they're at the bronze, and she comes in, and they're like, "Hey, it's that girl again." And, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know her?" And well, no, we met her at uh, walking in the whatever. And uh, <laughs> and Anya makes the comment, "She talks funny," which is hilarious. Because Anya talks funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it takes she's calling no someone. One. Yeah, yes, it takes. She's calling someone else for talking funny. But my favorite part of that whole thing is, is the the comments from Xander and Willow. And Xander basically says, "Well, a girl like her ain't gonna have trouble finding a boyfriend anytime soon." And Willow says, "Oh yeah." And it's not Anya who's jealous. It's Tara who's jealous of the comment from Willow. And the look that she gives her was awesome and the reaction from willow is like oh crap <laughs> i loved it i thought that was great <laughs> it is that is good so i and i i mean again it, it's she's awkward so you know something's up right and i love that at the bronze she's looking for warren looking for Warren, and spike tries to hit on her her answer to that <laughs> is to throw him through the plate glass window <laughs> you're not my boyfriend you can't say things like that Exactly. <laughs> and, awesome. I mean, she just takes it. And that was great. And that's when the rest of the gang is like, yeah, totally oh. robot. We wondered if it was one of Ted's. <laughs> Did you oh, catch yeah. that line? I was like, yep, yes, yep. Ted. Like, we wondered Ted. if it was one of Ted's, but no, not his style. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And, oh, I, and I'm I, not... love, I love Spike's reaction. Like, you threw me out a window. Yeah. Who does that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they it takes and you know what? I'm gonna say this. I it's one of the times that I like the conceit sometimes that these people could just figure this out. We don't need to go through mm -hmm. a lot of looking through the book of Foth and you know, figuring this out. They all know they're like, nah, we've seen enough of this. This is a robot. <laughs> they, exactly. They've been around the block, and I, I was cool with that. I went with it on this level. So one of the best things about this episode is this episode is not pulling any punches. It's also winking at us, like, yeah, we we know, we know. Just just go with it, you know, because it it does pay off to something interesting, and it is a neat concept. All right, let's talk yeah. about Warren and his whole purpose here, right? Genius kid went to Sunnydale High with him, but was so smart he got to like a better school, and now he's at like a engineering training thing he's like a computer genius he's mm -hmm. i mean this guy is like lex freaking luther all right <laughs> he can build automatronic artificially intelligent passable faux humans and he's what yeah. 19 
that's pretty amazing. It is. He's a very smart guy. And uh, my first thought was that shouldn't, you know, if, if this is his girlfriend and she's a robot, shouldn't she know where Warren lives? But they explain a little bit later is the fact that he left her in his dorm room. Right. Um, just left her there. Interesting. And he's, you know, finds out that she's looking for him because he's at, I believe, at the bronze when she comes in and immediately gets his new girlfriend out of there with him and hightails it uh and they he's scared like i i I don't know why he programmed her he shouldn't be afraid of her but he's scared enough to start packing and get the heck out of town if he can well here's here's why he's scared of her because just like she has sort of transcended what her purpose was in this relationship with him he's treating her like a real person even though he knows she's not He's like, he's so insecure. Anyway, I mean, how insecure do you have to be to build a robot girlfriend anyway? But then beyond that, he would be, I like the fact that it follows through in that same insecurity. He doesn't want his new girlfriend to know about this. And he sure enough doesn't want April to find him because one, he doesn't know what she'll do. And two, Mm -hmm. he didn't have any experience with relationships. He has no idea how to break up with somebody. This is the only girl that ever paid attention to him. And the only reason she ever did was because he built her. And programmed her, too. Absolutely. It was hilarious, uh, hilarious looking at uh, when they finally do meet up. You know, I, I, before that, the gang kind of goes and tries to track down whoever this Warren guy is. Willow obviously finds him through the computer because she's a genius that way. And Buffy goes to confront him and actually ends up at his parents house which is where he's been hanging out and he's trying to get it out get out of there she confronts him about everything he kind of explains what april is what he did da 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 and then they finally run into april uh, as they're trying to get out of town and uh i love the little computer screen through her eyes right she's looking and trying to comprehend what warren is saying and trying to get him to love her again by look going through her little program of stuff back rub neck rub all the sex positions um you know it's fetishes like it's like the pleasure uh, model terminator vision yeah uh, it's you know, crazy yeah it, but, it is kind of crazy but i like that though that they went to to at least do that, that we're seeing her processing as well, because she is like the title of the show. I was made to love you. And that's a double edged sword. She was actually built for his pleasure and love and stuff, but she's also it. She has, she has free will, but she doesn't realize it. Because he built her for that purpose, and now that she's not fulfilling that purpose, she doesn't know what to be. And again, like we said, this is the avatar for Buffy. You know, Buffy, does Buffy need a relationship really to feel whole right now? And the answer to that is no. Because, and that's what she comes to understand. So I, I go with all of it. I do too, and I and you know we 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 kind of skipped over the fact that uh, Warren has a new girl Katrina as his girlfriend, and she's kind of like totally turned off by the fact that he built this girl, and now she's after him, and this and that. She ends up leaving him, right, and running yeah. into April in the park uh, as she's trying and to get out, and, and she sh- thinks, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was like, I swore I thought April broke her neck. There was a crack. That happened well, she, when she's putting it wouldn't have her been out. her neck; it would have been her ribs. Yeah, but I was like, she—I thought April killed her, 
And I thought, well, if we talk about raising some stakes, yeah, that yeah. would have been something. I, th- I think they'd shot away from that probably wisely. They they couldn't do that, but because then what do you? I mean, you take him to jail. What do you do? He's not a necromancer. He's just a well, nerd. yeah, agreed. So. But let's keep these nuggets in mind. Uh, we'll tell you now. <laughs> yeah. Warren will be back um, mm-hmm. in season six. We'll see Warren again, and Katrina will be back in season six as well with Warren, and uh, we'll see what happens when that happens. I really thought she killed her. Like I, I did. I, I'm like I've never yeah. met anybody that passed out from getting squeezed real hard. But I suppose well, it could. Have. I mean, it happens. That's what a bear hug yeah. does, right? Well, it, yeah, it wears but it, you down until you pass out. But I mean, she was grabbing her from behind, though, Brian. Well, yeah, but she's still constricting the lungs, right? She's and and the crack okay. you hear is one of her ribs probably breaking, right? Okay. Um, and and I mean, gosh, she's a robot, so she could probably put a lot of pounds of pressure on that squeeze. And so, yeah, I agree. I Which, thought she died too, but then of course Buffy well, checks her and she's good. But let's talk about uh, what happens here now. Obviously, C- Katrina says, "Hey." Warren's my boyfriend. How many of you are there thinking that mm-hmm. Buffy was a, a, a girlfriend of Warren's and now this girl claims to be a girlfriend of Warren's and that upsets her. That's what gets her into the bear hug. She's knocked unconscious. Buffy and Warren show up. Buffy checks Katrina, makes sure she's alive. She is. But here's the best part. You know, she's knocked unconscious. When Warren indicates that Buffy uh, is his new girl, Mm-hmm. And April goes after what happens. Katrina all of a sudden jumps like a mad mother from hell, like she'd been woken up by a five star alarm and gets the <laughs> hell off that bench. I'm like, where did that come from? And yeah, she just I, woke up you, and was, she did, and was and jumped and gone. And I was just like, yeah. whoa. And, and you I'm, don't see it. And that's not something they probably wanted you to see. But it's it, if you look at it, it's kind of funny. Yeah, she got out of there in a hurry, no <laughs> doubt. And Warren chasing after her, too, which is hilarious. What are you going to say to her if you catch her, homeboy? I'm sorry well, I built I a mean, pleasure bot right. and then oh, lied yeah. about it. I'm sure that was a very fas- fascinating conversation that they had. But, yeah, he's yeah. he's trying to get her back because he's finally happy with the person that he's with now and not the one he built that was perfect. But this right. brings us to the end of the episode, obviously, and we get Buffy and. Well, hold, hold, and, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, say before you do it. You just mm-hmm. said something that really triggered something we can discuss. Okay, you just said it, Brian. He he's happy with who he is, with who has found him now, Katrina or whatever. He isn't happy with the one he built, even though she was perfect. And he goes on this whole long discussion with Buffy about that. He tells her all this stuff. Is that yeah, she was everything I wanted, and when I got it, I didn't want it anymore. Yeah, and I was like, wow. That's a great trope. I mean, you see that in a lot of different places. It's not anything new, but it's it, when it's well played, it's always nice to see. And the way it's played here is nice and subtle. And I like mm-hmm. that. It's it, that idea. And isn't that a way to explain Buffy and Riley's relationship over the last months that it had existed? You know, certainly there was oh, yeah. something very real there, but Buffy wanted him there for a specific reason. She was happy to have him to be shoulder to cry on, emergency babysitting services, all that other stuff, right? But she didn't really love him. You know, not the way he loved her. And right. even when she had him, she didn't really want it, you know? And and think about when she's having to be with uh, Dawn and her mother right after uh, Joyce has been diagnosed in the hospital, and she totally leaves him sitting out in the lobby, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, that's the same thing. Buffy can totally relate to that. And I think that's what starts going off in Buffy's mind, continued with what 
happens with, when she finally talks with April too. But I like mm-hmm. that. I think you, you really hit on a point there is that Warren is, he's the catalyst in this episode to teach us that, you know, you even if you could build the perfect girlfriend, chances are you'd meet someone who is real and you would rather chase the thing that's work and is a challenge than what is perfect. Because what is perfect doesn't exist. It is fanciful, right? Yeah. Well, and, and, and honestly, if it's perfect, it gets dull. Yeah. Right? Right. You got to have some conflict to make things, you know, interesting, I guess. Not right word, but you know what well, I'm so saying. Well, yeah, see, there's, there's a spark to it, right? I mean, people talk about mm-hmm. that all the time, right? Brian, you've been married a long time, so have I. I mean, there's, there's a spark to some of that sometimes. If you agree with somebody 24-7, there's... There's no interest in that, you know? I mean, that's, yeah. heck, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of this podcast. We don't agree 100% on all these episodes. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the point of the whole thing here. So, yeah, I, I agree. Well, and we, we get down to the end. Basically, after Warren sells Buffy out as his girlfriend, which obviously wasn't the case, they get into a fight, and April Bot's going to probably whoop some butt here, right? Because she's a robot, and it's not exactly easy to figure that one out but they start fighting and then her batteries finally die now warren had set this up earlier in the episode saying that she should have had her batteries worn out by now and that that's why he left her in the dorm room because she would have worn her batteries out not come after him blah 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 but she hadn't and so now here she is fighting and as she's fighting she's finally now starting to wear those batteries down and end up you know she ends up sitting with buffy on a swing set talking about how She's hopes Warren will come back for her. And Buffy's there basically lying to her that, yes, he'll come back for you to kind of let her, I guess, die happy. In a well, sense. That, that, but she also tells her, you know, April, you don't have to define yourself just by having someone. You don't need someone to, uh, to be happy. You can just be happy mm-hmm. being you. And, you see April kind of go, huh, that's an interesting point. And that's when Buffy goes, maybe I should start taking my own advice. Maybe I should call mm-hmm. Ben and go, eh, no on that coffee. And I, I liked that, though. I thought that was well done. Yeah. And it is kind of sad to watch April Bot, you know, die there. But we know that's not her ultimate death. We'll talk about that in a sec. But what about the very end there? Buffy calls to blow off Ben, but mm-hmm. Glory's the one listening to the answer machines. This is what I mean. That could have ended badly. So good call. Buffy. Oh yeah, I, I like it because it's <laughs> it shows the dynamic of Glory and Ben. They don't realize they're two separate people. I don't think. Right? Uh, they think yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, they don't realize they're the same people. They 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 think they're yeah. two separate people. So here she's talking about how he's conspiring against her, and he's trying to get a you know a date with the Slayer so she can maybe you know conspire against the whole plan of the key or whatever which i thought was interesting but my favorite was she turned us down like she was disappointed uh, well there i guess that just tells me right there that she knows that they're they're the same person because she said us well i think she's more surprised about the idea of like but she doesn't i think the way i read that brian is that she's going you mean you don't know me and ben are the same now after all of that and it's like a little spark in her eye, like, huh, wonder if I could use that. And then she plays the girly thing, like, oh, I got turned down, you know, <laughs> the, the vanity part. But I've always mm-hmm. looked at that as she, you know, she knows that, like, Ben, you asked her out on a date, you know, and then she's like, huh, oh, wow, she doesn't know the secret yet, even though yeah, what see, happened with her sister. 
So I didn't I get like that. that. Yeah, I didn't get that vibe at all because I don't. To me, it was more like there are two people trapped in the same body. They know that uh, you know they know they both exist with each other, but they act independent of each other. They don't know their thoughts. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they do. That kind of thing, which is kind of interesting. So I don't think she ever thought that she could use that to her advantage because she can't control what Ben does. She can't control mm. what Ben hears, what he says, or any of that stuff. So she has no control. Well, no, 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 no. Point. But she, but she could use. Well, yeah, you're right. I guess then she wouldn't be able to just to pop up whenever she wanted. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm probably giving it way more than it has to that it has there. <laughs> but I don't know. I just that's the way I looked at this. I was like, this is kind of cool. And I've always sort of thought that. Again, I think it's. I'm. I, I'm probably clouding it from just knowing how everything works out too. So and having seen it so many times, but I liked it. It was a good it's ending. Good, yeah. But Brian, it's not the ending of the episode. Oh no, no. The, and of we're going to talk about that one. We got to save there's all the two, real well, comments endings. later. There's there's yeah. two endings here. Yeah. What happens next is all of a sudden we see in the middle of the show after you know Buffy's basically told off Spike he's going, and not only has she told off Spike but now Giles has basically told him get the hell out you never have a chance with Buffy blah 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 he gave him a a, a, a ripper speech right he turned into ripper yes. right there and gave him the ripper speech which was awesome and after that Spike just gets furious he leaves and you see him tearing down all the Buffy. Um, I guess memorabilia he's collected over the time and putting it in a box <laughs> thinking to yourself that he's getting rid of it finally for the last time. But nope. What does he do? He shows up at Warren's place to have him build a Buffy bot for him. Oh yep. my. Yeah. Buffy he's, bot. So he he's placed an order. <coughs> he's placing an order because that's what he wants. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to that. At another time, because yes. we got the other ending, and that's the one I want to talk about very quickly. And, and let's set this up, too, because in, uh, earlier in the episode, Joyce was getting ready for a date. Yes. Um, she had a nice dress on. She was asking uh, Buffy for advice, and Buffy's just like, really, you want to ask me? Of all <laughs> Buffy's playing the advice? mom, which is funny. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it is. And so she's going out on a date with uh, with a gentleman with a kick-ass name, Brian. And, um, and yeah, so they set that all up. She goes on her date. She comes home later in the episode and starts telling Buffy that she left her bra at the, (laughs) the uh, restaurant, which is hilarious because the dress she's wearing, you don't wear a bra with, and you can tell she's not wearing a bra, but, uh, Buffy's like, oh, gross mom, you know, all that stuff is hilarious. So she's plays a pretty fun part in this episode too. And then at the end of the episode, Buffy comes home from, I don't know where she was all night. Was she hanging out with Xander until he finished fixing the, uh, the, the window that, uh, April threw Spike through or what? But she, yeah. it's nighttime <laughs> when they're talking and she calls to blow Ben off. And then she arrives at home in his daylight. So she comes home afterwards. So they must have spent the whole time together. But, um, She's looking for mom, and right inside is a nice bouquet of flowers from Brian saying, you know, he had a great time, and that makes her smile. And she calls up for for Joyce and no answer, and then she turns and sees Joyce on the couch and says, what's going on? And then all of a sudden you see it, and Joyce is there, eyes open, pale as can be, and she's not moving. And that's the end of the episode. And, and well, and the, way, the way Buffy's thing goes, mom, mom, and then the last thing is mommy. And that look on her face yep. and it's black. And I was like, oh. And I, oh. I knew this was coming, of course, because I've seen this before. But I, I flashed myself back because I'd forgotten what episode they teased it in. 
I, yeah. I went back to like the first time I saw this. I literally remember like sitting there looking at that and then calling my friends that all watched Buffy too. And like, and we were all dialing each other immediately going, what, what they can't, no, they can't. They, we just got her back. And it's like, right. wow. What is that? And you don't know. That's the thing is, you, you know, you assume the worst, but it's like, is she in a trance? What's going on? It's, yep. it's what a way to end an episode. I mean, it was. It was fantastic. I remember too, Jay, watching it for the first time, going like, "What happened?" Now I had the luxury of being able to then go to the next episode because <laughs> I hadn't watched it when it was on TV. I watched it on DVD uh, as seasons six and seven were going on. We were watching seasons one through five, so I had the luxury of then taking the DVD and and putting the next one in to watch the next episode. But yeah, I was my wife and I were sitting there like. What's going on? Did Glory do this? What happened? What's what's wrong with Joyce? You know, it was yeah. an awesome way to end an episode, and you know, you, it freaks the viewer out. And I can only imagine watching it episodically on TV, having to wait a whole week to find out what happened. That would drive oh. me nuts. Oh, and it was. I mean, did the discussions online things? It was amazing. Even those rudimentary days of that, it was. Yeah. I, the the speculation was grand. It was it, it's one of the the most pivotal moments of the episode of the series yeah. for sure. But we'll get into the more of that next time. We're at the point of the podcast where it's time to give our final thoughts and Dustings ratings. So what are yours for season five, episode fifteen? I was made to love you. I got to say, Jay, I really, really enjoyed this episode enough to watch it with the commentary on, which I've never, I never, <laughs> I honestly can tell you, I've never watched anything with the commentary on before ever, yeah. like anything, not a movie, not another episode, nothing. But I was sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this again. And I'm going to put this commentary to see what, what they say about it. Right. And so I did. And, and I, it was good. You know, I like this episode for one that gets off the beaten track. This one's actually pretty good and has a lot of good stuff in it. It deals with a lot of these relationships. We see Ben's becoming more of an integral part of all their lives. And uh, we got some good interactions with people we don't get interactions with in, in Tara and, and uh, Anya. And, you know, you got a nice glimpse of Xander and Buffy again, which we didn't really even talk about where he's in his sumo suit and she's fighting and beating him up. And then... They're talking about uh, uh, Spike and, and Xander basically lays really good line on her, which, which is worth mentioning here. He basically tells her that it, it's not you, Buffy, that's causing these relationships to go bad. We live on a hell mouth. Think about mm. that. This is probably what's causing it to go bad. So I thought that was a great line from Xander. And, you know, it was a good interaction between those two because we're, and we're finally getting that more. I, I can tell you, man, there's a lot to enjoy this. You hit it. The, when they get off the beaten path, sometimes it's a crapshoot as to what you get. But they play it all right here. It is kind of a light touch. And then they really lay the serious on in the last bit of the episode. Three strong three dustings for me, too, Brian. I think it's a, a really good episode. Tons to watch in it. And, and one that leaves you hanging and won't leave you hanging long because there's going to be answers right around the corner. And that's uh, that's what we'll talk about in the next episode. Folks, thanks so much for joining us on the latest edition here of the Art of Slang. 
You can find more episodes at our website, theartofslang.com. You can also hook up with us on Twitter and Facebook. And we have a brand new Facebook page. Search on Facebook for The Art of Slang Podcast. We'll be posting all of our episodes there. We'll put up polls, questions. We want the fans of this show to like that page, interact with each other and with us on there. Post questions and stuff, and we'll try to answer them uh, to the best of our ability. You know, we, we have some great fans here, Brian. I think you'd agree with me that we, and we en- enjoy the chances when we get to interact with you guys on the social media so you know it's time to kind of split this one off from the main continuous play uh facebook page uh, where we have movies and all that other stuff posted fabish has got his own page we figure hey artist sling deserves its own page too it's it's overdue so uh check it out and interact with us there folks we look forward to hearing from you soon until next time for brian i'm jay thanks for tuning in to the art of slaying Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Grr, arg, 